One's a lefty who'd often pitch hit against the pen. Number 22, Kevin Parker. The other's a lefty with a pen. Ex-MLB player Kevin Barker and sports writer Jeff Blair host Baseball Central on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, well, I guess we can flush away game one of that four-game series between the uh, Jays and the Twins last night. Not much to talk about out of that one, folks. Steven Matz picked a bad time to have a bad start. Julian Merriweather pitched in the game. Thomas Hatch, you can put two and two together and <laughs> figure, out so how, much of that sleep. figure out how that turned out. <laughs> it's Baseball Central with Blair and Barker. Trevor Richards of the Jays joins us at 6 o'clock in a few minutes. Josh Donaldson of yes. the Twins. Hopefully, hopefully we can get Josh on. It's 4 o'clock, so they'll be getting ready for the game. A little bit of breaking news before he came on. Breaking news. Ryan Barucki's suspension has been knocked down from... Uh, three games to two games. He appealed his suspension. That, of course, for hitting Kevin Kiermaier with a pitch. So that begins tonight. Charlie Montoya will be back behind the bench tonight. And not a second too soon, Mr. Barker, after that loss last night. Yeah, it's a ton of Jays fans that are happy about that. Yeah, And, uh, again, it'll be Jose Barrios on the mound against his old team, his former teammates, and a second consecutive start against the Twins. It'll be interesting. We're joined by Josh to see who has who has the advantage there. Um, I always thought it'd be the hitter. The more you see a guy spinning, life on the heater, location, what he wants yeah. to throw with, you know, OO counts, what he wants to throw with now, two Josh, strikes. I would think the hitter does. And Josh is enough of a student of the game that he, you know, he's played behind Jose Barrios. Well, beside him, I guess, technically, when he's at third and Barrios is in the game. So I don't know. Maybe he's... Uh, pick some stuff up. The Twins have submitted their lineup. The Jays have not submitted their lineup yet. Uh, the Twins lineup uh, is Arise, Buxton, Polanco, Donaldson, DHing, Miguel Sanon, Nick Gordon, Brent Rooker, Ryan Jeffers, and Andrelton Simmons. The starting pitcher tonight is Bailey Ober. Wanted uh, just before we continue, jump in by the way and extend congratulations to Tyler O'Neill, home run number three. 30 nice. for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, for the, the BC native today at Wrigley Field. So uh, congratulations to Tyler O'Neill. As Jeff Passan said yesterday, he will probably pick up a few down-ballot MVP mm. votes. Uh, as we await Josh, Kevin, let, well, let's start looking back at, uh, at, at last night. I, I presume people know by now, by the way, that uh, the Blue Jays have been given permission to increase uh, attendance at the Rogers Center to 30,000, that coming down today from the provincial government. And uh, tickets are now available. They're as low as $15. You can go to bluejays.com slash tickets to check in on that. But uh, as I said, Kevin, as we await Josh Donaldson, your thoughts on Stephen Matz last night? Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't any good. I mean, it's plain and simple. Sinker for me wasn't any good. Like, I, what he throw, 31 sinkers, he threw 20 of them for strikes. It's just not good enough. It, the command end righties occasionally go away, but it's that command in. It's the elevation of the, of the sinker in to righties. You feed the change up off that. You sprinkle in the curveball. There was a lot more curveballs for me than it should have been. That would tell you, for whatever reason, mechanically, feel, just something wasn't there, and it was a stinker. And then when you you mentioned it, when you have a couple of guys coming in after him that, you know, right now probably aren't big leaguers. And, and this is probably not the two guys you want pitching <laughs> in the last 10 games of the season when you're trying to make the playoffs. 
Yeah, Plain and simple. It's almost as if the Jays decided, eh, you know, are we going to win this? Mm, let's go with these guys. I, I can't put it in any way. Yeah, there's, think, two, there's two separate bullpens. I, there's bullpen A and bullpen B. See, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think when they have the lead, they got four guys they're going to go to. When they don't have the lead there or it's go. tied, okay. they there have other go. guys they're going to go to. And the other guys that they went to were last night because they had, you know, they were tied early in the All game. Right. And, and I prefer to go A and B, but, I mean, if you want to go, yeah, it's going to make you happier, that's that's fine. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, and this is why we're waiting the lineup tonight. Well, we're waiting to see whether or not George Springer is going to be in center field. We're also waiting to uh, see the extent of Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s injury and whether or not he's able to play. Uh, tonight, so we'll get. Uh, we should get that soon uh, from Charlie Montoyo, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Hopefully, we'll see the lineup. As we said, the Twins lineup is in. We know that Josh Donaldson will be starting. We know that he'll be DHing tonight. Mm-hmm. And we're very pleased to be joined by the bringer of rain himself, Josh Donaldson. Josh, thanks for joining uh, Kevin and myself. Um, trust that you're keeping well. Hey, you know it's funny because you you have come you were back in toronto as a member of the atlanta braves and mm-hmm. but i got the sense that this past weekend it was it it felt different it felt almost like this was i, I don't know it just felt more welcoming i guess maybe it's because of the jays you know where the jays are right now in the standings did you get that sense that it felt different coming back to toronto this time yeah i mean i know that it, it felt different for me um you know, personally, first, first off, Jeff, uh, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. Um, second off, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it felt different in a couple of ways. And I think one of the biggest ways, you know, I think in 19, when I came there with the Braves, it had, um, I had wanted to come back. Uh, I don't know if you remember in 2018, once I got traded to Cleveland, we were scheduled to play the Blue Jays. I think it was like 10 days later or something like that. And, um, you know, Cleveland ended up opting to put me on, on the IL at the time when I thought, like, I was ready to go. And I, I wanted to be back at that point. Uh, I, I feel like 2019, I was probably still a little, you know, pissed off, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, not happy with how everything had transpired and really just kind of wanting to put on you know, a good show, and it, you know, I felt like I was probably trying to do a little bit too much at that time in that series, and, I, you know, I think we only played two games there. This time it was different. You know, I feel like a little bit more at peace with the situation um, and to where, you know, I just kind of came in and um, really wasn't expecting much, but, you know, the Blue Jays fans, like I said, uh, during that week, they – from day one, they've always kind of, you know, took to me and, you know, showed their appreciation for me. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice weekend to say the least. You know, it, 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 I, I want to dive into that a little more and I'll, and I'll pass you over to Kevin in a minute. But like I, one of the things I always told, I, I've, I've always told people is I thought the departure from the Blue Jays, I just thought it was kind of complicated because I got the sense in some ways that sure. it's not that both sides got tired of each other. But look, you know, I mean, I covered the Montreal Expos and they were they were always you were getting to a point with players where you just thought, man, it just feels as if as if folks want to move on. W- was that the case here? Like I've always kind of felt that that it was just kind of hey we gotta 
you know, maybe it's better if we both just move on here. Maybe I've misread it. If I if I did, I think, correct me. I would definitely say that it was probably complicated in the, the sheer fact of uh, direction of where the team was going and probably difficult because I didn't want to leave. I, I wasn't tired of being there. Um, but I also, I understood the fact that, hey, like if uh, – you know, there's going to be a rebuild or, or whatnot, and I'm not a part of the future here. I was okay. I was okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm a big boy. You know, I can, I, I understand that, you know, that people have different visions and stuff like that. But uh, I think it was just more being clear about that. And I think what, um, you know, the most disappointing part of it for me was I was injured in 2018, and I, I've, you know, in 17, that was the first year I'd ever really been injured at this time. And then to have it happen in 18, when I really wanted to, uh, you know, have a good season and, you know, with the hopes of, you know, resigning. Um, and I think I was very clear with that the entire time I was there. Uh, people would ask me, I'm like, yeah, I would like to, you know, have, have um, to, to have done that. But I also understand, like, hey, if that's the direction, I'm I'm okay with that as well. I think it was just I got I was more upset with the fact that I was injured and that I was in Florida and trying to get back and doing everything that I I could possibly do to get back on the field, and it didn't work out, you know. Uh, and for me not to be at home playing in front of our fans and you know, being with our team, um, you know, that was <clears> – <throat> I think that made it difficult mentally and also going through the physical ailments that I was going through at the time made it, you know, tough as well. Yeah, th- thanks, Josh, for, for, for coming on. It's Kevin. I, I, you know, a couple of times we've been around batting cage, me, you and Jeff, we've been talking about hitting. And, yeah. you know, every, every time oh, I, I was I, listening, you guys were well, talking. Well, yeah, it's, it's intriguing conversations to have with you about hitting. And, and the first, you know, there's many ways I could go here about about how you, you go about your approach. But I, I just want to start it by how do you think you're different as a hitter from, say, your MVP season until now? Honestly, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like uh, now I have a, you know, the more and more I play, the more idea I feel like you get as far as an approach is concerned and you have an idea of what teams are trying to do to you and uh, to better attack that. Um, I think, I think the difference for me now and, and, and then in 15 is, you know, 15 every day when I came to the yard, I felt pretty good. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, you know, the, you know, the older that you get, you have to be able to make those adjustments for, you know, how your body's feeling that day and be in tune to that, which I feel like I, I still do a pretty good job of doing and putting good at bats together. I feel, I feel like this year it's been a very frustrating year for me as offensively uh, because I feel like I've had success. I just haven't had the numbers of, you know, the, the, hard numbers as far as, uh, you know, batting average, the OPS. Um, but all my underlining metrics are, are better than a, a lot of my MVP, you know, my, you know, 2015. And in my opinion, my best year that I've ever had was in 2016. Um, but 
with that said, some of my, you know, analytic measurements are, are better in a lot of categories. And, you know, yeah, I, I chalked it up to kind of one of those things as, you know, it's baseball and, you know, the, the game is designed to get you out this year. Uh, it's just been a little bit out of my favor, I would say, in some areas. Yeah, is there is there an advanced stat? You know, you know I, I think nowadays it's not about batting average, like you said. You know, I, I guess a guy like you playing third base, you're a run producer. It is a lot about OPS. It is a lot about home runs. You know, me and you think a lot about the RBI. That that matters, run producing, sure. that kind of thing. But yeah. but is there those stats like a like a hard hit percentage, like a bat bip, like a – uh, total bases, like barrel percentage. Is there one, you know, sort of stat that you go to and say, what I'm doing in the cage, what I'm doing off the field, this stat tells me that that's translating. And if I continue to do that, sooner or later, my batting average and all the things that I want to be where it's at are going to be there. Yeah, you know, I, I just I did a, you know, an article in, on fan, fan graphs the other day. And, I, you know, Barrel percentage has always been big for me because, you know, obviously the harder that I'm hitting it and what people don't realize, you know, with barrel percentage, it has to be at a certain, um, you know, launch angle for sales. Like the, I feel like launch angle's got a bad rap about it. It's not like, you know, I'm trying to hit balls, you know, like I'm not trying to hit fly balls. I'm trying to hit balls hard in the air, you know, more of a higher line drive. Uh, and that's going to give you the, the, the barrel percentage. Uh, but one thing I've definitely looked into because this year, you know, I've uh, my exit velo, my average exit velo has been higher than it's, you know, been in my career. And, you know, I've hit into a lot of outs. And, you know, I've been kind of looking at some underlining uh, metrics as well to say, like, hey, I'm hitting that ball hard, but am, am I giving myself a chance to have success with that because maybe I'm hitting it hard and maybe I'm hitting it, you know, uh, a one hopper to the shortstop or, uh, you know, a line drive to the left fielder versus maybe staying inside that ball a little bit better, letting it get a little bit deeper, hitting it back up the middle, hitting it to right center to where maybe the exit veal is not going to be as hard, but, you know, the chance for success for the hit because maybe where the defense is playing. The the difficult it, – it's easier – to talk about that than to do it in the game because you see, you know, Velo so high in the game right now. Yeah. And you see the, you know, pitchers have the ability to, to flip off speed in there uh, pretty much at will. And if, if they don't throw it in there, they don't really care to walk you um, because, you know, they're, they'd rather give up a walk than, you know, give up a homer. So, um you know, there's there's definitely some things that going into this off season I'm going to be thinking about and trying to see if there's a a game plan for what I think might be more success, uh, successful as well. Josh, uh, got a couple of questions about Jose Barrios, uh, who'll be pitching for the Jays tonight. What what was he like as a teammate? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be back to back outings for you, you guys against him. Is there an edge, hitter or pitcher, when that situation? Uh, presents itself. Yeah, it's happened to us a few times this year. Uh, I feel like the Major League Baseball schedule has kind of done that for us this year, to where we've run into teams and in, uh, to where you'd have one series off and then play them again. And so far this year, it really hasn't been an edge for us. Not that I've seen. Um, but with Jose, to answer your question about him, great teammate. Um, 
the guy, uh, you know, Jose, he, he works his tail off. Um, he, he goes in there and competes and gives you what he has that day. And most times um, he gives you a chance to win that game. And that's what you, that's what you really ask for out of a starting pitcher uh, to when they lead the game that you still have a chance, you know, to win it uh, one way or another. Okay, there's. We know you had some calf issues. You know that that's every great hitter has to have a great foundation. Well, there's a guy George Springer for the Blue Jays that's having some knee issues. Is there is there any way that you can sort of uh, explain to us the the issue that you had of what was the hardest to overcome with not having a great foundation at the plate? Yeah, the the interesting thing with the calf is that I could take swings and I could hit. It was just the running part of it. Um, and with a knee, it could be a little bit different. Uh, I haven't experienced too much knee problems, but just kind of knowing my body, if you know, having knee issues, it can, you know, whether you torque on it or not, like that could be different. I don't know what George is going through. I think uh, for any hitter, when they come back uh, and they're not 100%, it can, I don't want to say probably like the first week or so that you're back. It's not necessarily, uh, you're trying to get the, the rhythm and timing back, but it's more kind of once you start going a little bit further past that week uh, point to where, you know, you're already not at a hundred percent and then now you're playing every day. Uh, plus, you know, you start injury or not, um, if you're not having the success that you want and your team is in a position to where you're trying to make the playoffs, there is the ability, you know, mentally you have to uh, get past the, you know, trying to do too much. As I said, and, and all, and all hitters do, especially guys that are the caliber that uh, Springer is uh, type of hitter, you know, he wants to be, uh, and he is a guy that offenses can lean on. And, um, you know, to be able to go out there and, you know, let the game come to you. I think that's the most important thing that, you know, as a hitter, um, you're constantly trying to do uh, and not trying to do too much. And, you know, like I said, that, that's easier said than done. Most important question before you let you run, how's fatherhood? It's been good. Uh, you know, they had uh, – Brianna and uh, Aubrey had to go back to Canada. We're waiting on some visa stuff, so it's been a little bit difficult not being able to be around them as much. It was good to be able to go back to Toronto and see them. Um, so we're, um, you know, it's been it's definitely been life changing uh, to to the point to where you know priorities start to shift, and you know you have you know for me I I didn't think that you could love someone so much right and uh as your own child and i think that's i think that's been the really cool part of it um it has been difficult uh throughout our season even you know when they were here you know we're gone as much as we are and you know, we go back for a week long road trip and you know she's doing things uh you know that she hasn't ever done before so it's kind of it's cool but it's also you know you, you want to be able to see that maturation process uh, so looking forward to be able to to be around them and uh, you know I'm, I'm thankful for uh you know being able to take this you know this journey and seeing how that uh, seeing how all, all this transpires
Josh, really good of you to do this. Appreciate your time. Thanks yeah. so much. Stay healthy, and um, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk to you in the winter when you're up here. Yeah, Thanks again, so. man. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Take care. It's Josh Donaldson of the Minnesota Twins, and uh, that was great. great he's a great, he's great, a great question about Springer, man. Yeah, he's a great talk. Like he 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 says things. Obviously, you, you got to pay attention. Like you, you know the the things he says about the hitting and and. You know, the, just how he's trying to attack baseballs and, and trying how how to hit a line drive in the air. It's just, you, you just think about how you would even go about trying to do that. Is Still, You know, I, I was always taught to try and create backspin, hit the bottom part of the ball. You don't want to really square it up. You don't want to hit the top part of the ball. You want to hit, the, because you got power. You, you want to drive the, you want to hit the big part of the field. You want to create backspin. How do you do that? Well, Josh is not saying to do that. He's saying hit a line drive in the air consistently. Well, some can do that. Some can't. Yeah, I uh, still remember the day in spring training when uh, the Jays were at Steinbrenner Field, and it was Troy Tulowitzki, Josh Donaldson, and Reggie Jackson talking hitting. Yeah. And then a bunch of us got Reggie alone afterwards, and... It was great because Reggie said, you know, and he takes his job as advisor with the Yankees seriously. Yeah. He's around all the time. Yeah. And he said, you know, I had to talk to him because it's what the kids are talking about. He said, all our minor league guys are watching video of Josh Donaldson. And this is when the leg kicked. Remember the thing he did with MLB Network and, and, yeah. and it was broken down. Yeah. And Reggie said, so if all the young guys are talking about this, it's like you go to the source. I, I wanted to to find out what he is thinking when he is doing what he's doing. And I just thought it was interesting, and and I mean they talked for like for like an hour. Well, everybody everybody in the lineup for the Blue Jays wanted to be like Josh Donaldson. You remember Ryan, that everybody Ryan was, leg was leg kicking Ryan it to Gons. the ear because JD was I doing that. it. Yeah. I, I could just remember when, we, when me and you were standing down the, the I think it was the first baseline in, in spring training, and JD walked by, and remember he had the all the tape on the end of his bat and yeah. it was real thick. And I, and I, you know, I'd noticed that that was the first, I think it was like green or red or blue. It was an odd color. And I asked him and he said, the first thing out of his mouth was, he says, I'm having trouble filling my bottom hand. And I went, huh? Cause I, I used to be a, a guy that would tinker with a lot of things. Cause I, I wanted to just be as short and quick as I possibly can to get length to my swing and just him saying, I, I haven't, I've been having trouble in batting practice, feeling my bottom hand, just rolling a bunch of tape on the end of his bat would help him do that. Is It sounds simple, but it just takes a guy to say, hey, maybe I should try that, and it works for him. Yeah, boy, it sure pretty does. Pretty cool. And yeah. it's great of the Twins to make Josh Donaldson awesome. available to us. Trevor Richards joins us in a few minutes. 590-590 is the text line. We're getting you set for the second game of this four-game series tonight. 740 first pitch, or is it 8 o'clock first pitch? Sorry, it's 810 first pitch. Well, it's different. Right. I mean, I guess it's Saturday, Friday, and no, today's Friday, yesterday was whatever. Anyhow, it's 810 Eastern Time, which is 710 Central. I thought it was kind of odd yesterday, starting game at 640 local time Very in Minnesota. Odd. But anyhow, maybe that's why there was hardly anybody there. Traffic. Uh Trevor Richards joins us. 590-590 is the text line. We're gonna talk more about last night's game. Mr. Barker is going to explain to me why the hell Danny Jansen was bunting. And, well, we'll, uh, again, we'll open the text line, 590-590.
You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, 590-590 is the text line. You got some thoughts on Stephen Matz? I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Do you uh, do you start Hyunjin Ryu in that first game against the Yankees? Now, we're hearing that the Jays right now plan on it, bringing him off the IL. Uh, we're also had little birdies tell us that things are subject to change depending on what happens the rest of this series. Uh, I do know this. I don't want another bullpen game. I was I was on with Bunkus this morning with J.D. Bunkus, and I was making the point, Bark, that, uh, you know, September, wild card race, don't be running out the Ross opener. Stripling? No, I'd rather Julian have Julian I'd rather have you know I'd rather have Ross Stripling from the start than than, than having Julian Merriweather out there for one. I can't. I can't, me is like I can't have I can't have Ross Stripling in a meaningful game you in September. Julian Merriweather? No, but I can't. no, but it, that's what what I'm saying is I I I I don't know. I understand you got to keep Barrios and Ray in turn and all that, but man, I I yeah. Anyhow, that that's a couple of days. It, it, ago, there's two so options for me, Matt or you. Ryu's been good against the Yankees this year. I think in his four starts, you think maybe like, what we're hitting under 200 against him. I, do you think maybe what we saw to Matt's last night might have put the kibosh on any on any maybe. plans to shorten it? I know sinker command, not being able to throw that, you know, somewhat where he wants it to go. Now again, for me, the Yankees lineup doesn't scare you as much as it used to. But, and I guess the other thing too is, do you really want to go into the biggest series of the year and not? Start Hyunjin Ryu. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who are thinking that. I, I quite frankly don't care. To me, Hyunjin Ryu right now is the fifth best starter in this team. Um, he's frankly the last guy I go to in a big game. Well, no, second last. Uh, second last guy I go to in a big game. But as I said, I also understand that you got to keep Robbie Ray and Barrios on their on their five days. You don't want to do anything that's going to screw around with them. Um, yeah, that Tuesday I think got nothing to do with those two. And for me, it's two options. It's it's not a it's not an opener. It's not roster stripling. You know, I I don't mean to chuckle at that, but I this time this time of the year, you you got to sit down in a room. You got to ask yourself. You got two choices. Which one gives you a better Lori, chance to win a game? Lori from Ottawa says she wants Ryu's next start to be in the spring. I can't argue that either. No, I'm I'm with nope. you on that. To be honest, uh, can't that argue that either. But again, what the heck. Uh, 8-10 is the first pitch tonight. Jose Barrios on the mound against Bailey Ober. So 590-590, the text line. Simple question. Would you start Hyunjin Ryu uh, in, a ser- in the series against the Yankees? And the Jays have made a couple of lineup moves tonight. Uh, the biggest one, Santiago Espinal, has been reinstated from the injured list. He'll be active for tonight's game. Kevin Smith's been optioned to Buffalo. Thomas Hatch has been placed on the 10-day injured list with right hamstring tendonitis. And uh, Joaquin Soria has been reinstated from family medical emergency list and will be active for tonight's game. Uh, so there you go. Those are moves weekend. We still have not seen the Blue Jays lineup for tonight's game. Bark, we talked a bit about Steven Matz yesterday, uh, last night. Uh, what about the offense? It, and And let's leave aside... Well, no, because George Springer and his lack of production is very is very much a part of this uh, in in the leadoff spot. It was odd because yesterday I thought he looked 
I thought he looked worse at the plate than I he did. had than he had or than he did a, even those games in Tampa when he wasn't hitting. I thought, okay, there's a little bit of progress here. Yeah, yeah. It, look, he he got for me the the two ground outs, the fly ball to center. Those were ninety one mile an hour fastball. That's about as setting it on a tee as you can get it. And, and then the bases loaded one he chased with the with the yeah. with the pitcher that had the little weird arm angle. He he chased that pitch. Oh oh. I mean it's. Look, I can come on here and break, you know, he's too rotational, which means that the barrel's not staying in the hitting zone long enough. At least that's what I'm seeing. Why that is, is that, is that because of his knee? I, look, his knee looks fine to me. Yeah, he goes to a, he goes to his back knee a lot, which that that will sort of, I guess, tell you maybe a little that he's trying to release a little bit of pressure off his knee, and that will do it just by being a little bit more rotational and getting off his backside more, and that allows him to free up his knee. But uh, look... Sooner or later, like that, I, I'm almost I, I almost want to go as far as it's going to be real tough for them to make the playoffs unless he 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 gets somewhat hot. Can I say that? It really is. Like you, I, you I, I understand. Been, no, I understand you, their you've schedule. Been saying, you've been saying it for the last two months. I understand their schedule and and who they're playing. But look, as as many times as he's coming up when it matters, and and the way his at bats look, and they're not taking him out of the game. Like they're not going to bench him. I, I wouldn't think they would move him to the fixed, fifth or sixth. Well, at least I wouldn't. So how okay. do you get how do you get I mean, him right? I mean, the okay. only thing you're doing he, he's he's not going to make any more contact in the fifth or sixth spot no, than well, he is well, leading off. Well, the yeah, only thing you do is you give you, somebody else more, uh, one more at bat, one more him. at bat. Yeah. yeah, whether it's whether it's 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 Vladdy or Semyon or 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 Bo or or whoever. Uh, but again, before all this happens, you know, we need to see what the status of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is. Uh, we mentioned yesterday, or we mentioned that he, he was stepped on by Randall Grichuk yesterday, his uh, finger, middle finger in his right hand. Uh, there was yeah, a, there was ring a, finger. Or ring finger, I'm sorry. There was a, a cut, a laceration, required two stitches. You know, would it affect him throwing? I don't know. He should be able to swing the bat, should he not, Kevin? I I would think so. It's his top hand. You know, you hit basically what your top hand's doing. It's following your your Although steering is, wheel, is, which is your is lower that, hand. Is that part of the hand exposed it, where it the cut is when rotates. he holds the bat? I, I think it's on the inside of his. Okay. Is that the, no the outside of his ring finger outside? So he he you know he could so you he could, could tape it. that to his to one of his fingers. Yeah. And and take a little bit of pressure off that, and I'm sure they could wrap a bandage around it. I mean, it's up to him. Like yeah. it's throwing would be a bigger issue. I don't for think me. so either. Okay. I, I think that's a lot of taping it up too. You know, again, it's about pain tolerance and and him getting out in the cage and seeing if he can take balls off the tee. It is his top hand. Is you know, you don't use your top hand as much as you do your bottom hand. Obvious. So uh, that that will help him out a little bit. Uh, me, I, I would think he's going to play. That okay. that would that would be my guess. It didn't look that bad to me. Like that, he wasn't like oh, you know, it, it didn't look like he was just thinking his finger was going to be taken uh, off. Apparently, I have not I have not seen the line. Well, there you go. I have seen the line of George Springer leading off in center field. There you go. That's the that's the best news of the day. You don't even have to Thank read you, the Danielle. rest of it. Our uh, producer just is Lo- is Lourdes playing? Uh, that I have not seen. I've just seen Springer in center field. I would I would assume Kirk's DHing. Sing for the fans so I can uh, I can, Not I very can good go singer. online and see if there's any uh, any Toronto Blues. I've ran a lot of people here. off trying to sing. Yeah, well, I mean, here we go. Here we go. Springer leading off in center. Semyon at second. Guerrero at first. Bichette at short. Hernandez in right. Kirk DHing. 
Dickerson and left, Espinal at third, Maguire behind the plate, Barrios, so no Lourdes Gurriel Jr. tonight. Yeah, they, uh, the twins got, go. twins got a righty throwing too, which that, that's, that's possible, the yeah. obvious choice. You give you Lourdes, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a break, a day off. That would help a little bit. What do I need to know about Bailey Ober? So he's, the, he's the exact same as Michael Pineda? Exactly. All right. They might throw a mile or two an hour harder, but they're, they're a fastball slider. Same thing. He's going to try and make them go the other way. And that's that, that's why you saw Danny Jansen after he rolled into the double play in his first at bat, trying to safety squeeze twice mm-hmm. with a runner on third base. Okay, thank you. Explain that to me because we had a I text. I'm not going to say what the text exchange was, but well, let's. There's just, a lot of cussing from you and well, and you know bad what I think. Come and, on, you know what I think about bunting in the fourth inning. Well, you got well, again, yeah, I mean, you, Jesus. Again, what that is too. I, I think now, uh, you know, I'm not between John Snyder's ears, but I would think. God, I hope not. I would think that. Even that being in the fourth inning, you have the lead. Probably going to okay. see your better relievers coming out if you got the lead. If you don't, you know, that's sort of what he's trying to get. He's trying to get the lead so Put he can go to – a little pressure on the corner. Well, and, yeah, and you know, I think J.D. was playing third and Sano's playing first. You know, so you move Sano's feet a little bit, you're safe. You know, you're going to get exactly done what you want to get done. Now, is 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 uh, Danny Jansen a good bunter? Absolutely not, but it, he doesn't have to be. You, you just let the ball travel a little bit. You tappy. You just set the barrel. Okay. Let the ball come to you. and you're, That's why you set the angle to where you want the ball to go. All right. I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. Safety squeeze and suicide squeeze. You know, the suicide squeeze is to the third base side. Yeah. yeah. Or the so suicide, side suicide of the hitter or squeeze is when you see what, the pitcher's yeah. pocket as the runner, you're going. Okay. What is... Is there a difference in bunting technique between safety squeeze no, and suicide uh, well, squeeze? Well, uh, uh, suicide squeeze, you're you're trying to just get it down. Right. You don't you don't try to get it to go anywhere. You just okay. you just want to bunt it. So you just want to make contact. Yeah, a safety is safety, harder, right? Say, well, that's because the runner's not leaving before the right. pitcher re- releases the ball. That's that's why you're okay. you, it's mainly a little bit of a shuffle. You're he's getting his momentum all on his foot. So that way, when he sees the ball down, then he can go. Okay. So you're trying to have more direction with the ball. That's why. You know, bunny is not the easiest thing to do, especially with velocity. But Michael Pineda didn't throw hard. You know, you you sort of lay off the little get-me-over slider thing, and you let the ball travel a little bit, and that that play would work. The element of surprise, I like it. Like, you're putting pressure on a bad defense. That's what you're trying to do. Okay. With with your nine-hole hitter. All right. I mean, All right. That's fair. That's fair. You you've you've won me over. What? You've won me over. I just I'm okay with with moving guys over and is, small is ball. Marcus Simeon or Teoscar Hernandez or the obvious guys ever gonna safety squeeze? Absolutely not. But if you got a Danny Jansen up. All right. who, who can somewhat halfway decently handle the bat. And you, the, and the thing is, you, you pointed out when we had this discussion before we came on, Danny Jansen has to p- put the ball in play the opposite way. And the thinking is, with the way Pineda is pitching him, is it harder for him to swing away he and saw, put the ball the opposite Danny way Jans- or bunt it, Danny right? Danny Jansen is a pull hitter. Right. Michael so that, Pineda that's my is point. trying. I said this, but you asked me what the yep. approaches were for the Blue Jays hitter, and I said Michael Pineda is going to try and make them go the other way. Well, Danny Jansen pulled a slider to shortstop, hit into a double play because he's a pull hitter. His strength is not going to right center. 
So what's Snyder over there thinking? Okay, I got first and third right. safety squeeze okay. here. I put it on a couple of times. Really, Danny doesn't have to do anything. Set the angle. Let the ball come to you. Right. Put it down. We get an easy run, steal a run. And then maybe my highest leverage guys can come in the game. We win it. Right. Steal a game. Maybe we sweepy. Didn't work out. Now you got to win the next three. All right. Fair enough. Did I did I talk you into it or you still ain't buying it? No, you talked me into it. But but again, you you still you know, your offense still needs to score more than two runs against a team that's seventeen or eighteen games under five hundred. Yes, that would help too. Although I, I I will maintain that as as bad as the Twins are in the standings, it's not necessarily because of their lineup that they're bad. That's still that's not a bad lineup. Yeah, if you're Julian Merriweather and you to the to the eight hole hitter throw a bazillion miles an hour by completely then, by a guy yes. and then you speed his bat up by throwing an eighty three mile an hour change, you shouldn't be in the big leagues. It, it's simple, like those things. When I played, it's little things well, like that that would have gotten you sent down. And, and if the catcher Easy. asks you for it, shake it off. Yeah, it's my I Jesus. Yeah, you can read a bat. He's three days late on your fastball. Why would you throw him a changeup? You know what you do? Go higher. He's left-handed with a little slight uppercut in his swing. Why, why are you throwing him a changeup? It just, again, this is why you sometimes you have to. Now, if they had a better option, I would I would assume the way I know Petey, Petey would have probably said Julian's not pitching anymore because all these games matter. But they really don't have any other options. Who else, who else are they going to when, when they don't have the lead? Nate Pearson? Soria? Oh, I mean, I said two different bullpens. That's man. exactly right. There so that's why you that's why you safety squeeze the fourth day. <laughs> 590, is the text line. We'll get back to it. Trevor Richards as well. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Jays. He will have the call tonight at 810. He'll join us as well. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 590-590 is a text line. 810 is first pitch tonight. Bailey Ober with the Minnesota Twins, Jose Barrios. Yeah, they, the Blue Jays didn't have a hit till the fourth inning off him in this yeah, last and Jake Lamb, Jake Lamb had three of the hits. In... No, I'm talking about the Blue Jays. Yeah, no, he had two of the hits in that game. He ain't here anymore. <laughs> Jake Lamb was two for four. Te- Te Oscar hit a, th- a, a three-run Jimmy Jack. Uh, a what? Lamb had a home run off. Back Lake City. Anyhow. You got to go the other way. Get them off a game plan. Can they do it? The Jays sacrificed. Or you crowd the plate and go back Lake City. I can't believe the Jays sacrificed a lamb yesterday. (laughs) I'm sorry. 590-590 is a text line. Gord from Midtown Toronto. If we get good starts in the next three games in Minnesota and the bullpen has had reasonable rest, I am okay using Ryu against the Yankees, especially if there it lines go. up for the top three for a tiebreaker, wild card, et cetera. Well said. There you are, Gord. You and I, go, you, are on, you and I are on the same page. We mentioned the Jays' lineup is out. George Springer's in center field. No Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Alejandro Kirk uh, is DHing. And um, what was the other thing? Santiago Espinal. Santiago Espinal is at third base. Uh, as a reminder, we're talking about Jose Barrios a little bit since acquiring Jose Barrios at the deadline. Jay starters have a 350 ERA. That's 
the uh, best among American League clubs mm. and third best in Major League Baseball. Swat all those stats up and chuck those things in the garbage. Yeah, it, you really can. You can throw all those away. The spotlight's brighter now. Mm. The, the, all those pitches get a little tighter. Spinning it, and what do I throw? Oh, oh, what am I going to throw with two strikes? Can I be efficient enough with two strikes? The, the Jays you've noticed here lately give up a lot of hits with two strikes. Yeah, they do. You, you know, you notice against yeah, the Rays. That's what the Rays do really well with two strikes. For whatever reason, the Rays tend to have really good at bats. They get a lot of hits with two strikes, score a lot of runs with two strikes. Blue Jays got to be better at that. And Talk. the lineup's got to score more than two runs. Well, I think I think this is the guy you want in the mound. Who? Tonight, Barrios. Well, you've I mean, you're gonna you're gonna toot that till till it isn't, you're not gonna, isn't the you case. can't toot anymore. Everybody understands who you like. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. But I think the the lineup has to have better at bats. George I'm not going to say it again. Well, what happens here, Kev, Kev, what happens here? Okay, George Springer's back out. He's out in the field we'll tonight. We'll see if it matters. You, you have to stick with him the rest of the way, don't you? What, what are you talking about? Like, if if he goes 0 for 8 in the next two games, you've got to stick with him. Who else are you going to put in the leadoff spot? So what you're telling me, you're, you're, you're either leading, he's going to lead off for you, yeah. or he's not playing. Yeah. That's funny. You don't believe that? No chance. You think you move him down? You move him down the fifth or sixth spot. What would that well? do? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's got to lead. I, I'm get, saying he he's has getting to, good pitches to hit. He's just not hitting them. So maybe it, maybe it is a timing. Spot. Maybe it is a timing thing. Are you buying that timing rhythm? Well, yeah, I think it's a combination of that a little. He's very rotational. That's what I've seen anyway. Okay, explain well, that. Rota- explain. Explain rotational that. Rotational means if you can picture him when he's good, he has two hand finish, and it's. The finish is more towards like up the middle towards second base. Now the barrel stays in the hitting zone is more towards the third base coach. Right. That means the barrel is not in the hitting zone long enough. Okay. And that may be because he's not getting started on time, or that could mean he's feeling something with his knee and he's overcompensating for something else. Or it could be all a combination of everything. And I think it's a combination of everything. And I just think for me, getting in the outfield, knowing that he's he can run around and dive, and that'll take a little pressure off his mind that says, I did that. Now I can just come in here and let it eat. We'll see. He has emerged as one of the most reliable relievers for the Toronto Blue Jays. Since joining the Blue Jays, it's 28 games, or he's appeared in 28 games. He's 4-2. and two. He's got a 276 ERA. His whip is 0 Point seven five. Uh, Trevor Richards has emerged, as I said. Uh, right now, we're at we're at uh, Romano, Meza, Richards, and Simber. Those are kind of the that's the A list as far as the Blue Jays as far as the Blue Jays relievers are concerned. Yeah, he will join us uh, in a few minutes from Target Field ahead of tonight's game. Again, if you missed it. Santiago Espinal is at third base tonight for the Blue Jays. George Springer is in center field. No Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I have not seen, we're led to believe that there was no structural damage to the hand, that there was a laceration. I, I, have, I have not seen or heard anything from Charlie that would suggest anything anything out of the ordinary. John Snyder in his Zoom call said, this is perfect scenario. Got a couple of stitches. You, It's not broken. 
perfecto. Trevor Richards, Ben Wagner. They'll join us next. 8-10 is the first pitch tonight. The Yankees and the Red Sox, they're going to get going before then. That's a pretty big series as well. We'll get you set for that. Trevor Richards joins us next. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. This is Baseball Central with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. If you're struggling to figure out who's who, Kevin Barker is the one with the accent. Shut up, Jeff. On the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, we're just a couple of hours away from first pitch at Target Field. Target Field. That's not how you say it. I know. Target is... Go to Target, the store Target in the States, if you want to sex it up a bit. You go, I'm going to Target. Hmm. Okay. I guess. Maybe in your car. (laughs) This is Baseball Central, Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. Stop it. Hey, Blue Jays fans, a reminder that we need you more than ever. We want you to get Toronto loud. Rogers Center has increased capacity and tickets are as low as $15. Got that big series against the Yankees coming up next week. And then the series against the Orioles. Go to bluejays.com slash tickets today. As we mentioned, the Jays and Twins are just a couple hours away from getting going. Very pleased to be joined by Trevor Richards of the Blue Jays. Trevor, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining uh, Kevin and myself. I'll, I'll ask you a simple question to get it started. We're scoreboard watching. I mean, I'm looking at the news, you know, the Yankees Red Sox lineup. Bobby Dahlbeck isn't playing. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is playing. Are you guys, I'm not saying you're looking at other teams' lineups, but are you scoreboard watching right now, especially those of you in the bullpen? I think it kind of depends. I, I don't think in the bullpen during the game we are. Uh, we're kind of just focused on the game at hand and um, trying to win that. Um, the best thing we can do is just win every game. So that's what we're trying to do. And I, I, But I will admit that at the end of the game, at the end of the day, we're, you kind of look and see how other teams did. But, I mean, every day you come, come trying to win a ball game and try not to let that affect you. Trevor, what's it been like to be one of the three teams in the wild card race here in the, in the last week of the season for you? It's yeah, for me it's fun. I mean, I mean, with what you ask for, you you want to compete and have good competition, and that's what we got going on right now. We're we're in a race. This is this is September, and um, we're we're closing in on it, and it's it's getting exciting. Have you noticed a difference just in terms of how guys are in the bullpen now? You know, we're going into the last week of the season. Um, obviously, as you say, look, everybody's got their job to do. Everybody's got stuff to focus on. Everybody's got preparation to do. But is it are, are things a little uh, a little tighter, shall we say, or a little more businesslike in the bullpen now than I don't know? Let's say they were in the middle of August or the second week of August. Yeah, I, I feel like um, it might seem like that a little bit, but we have a pretty good group of group of guys that kind of keep it light, kind of keep it the same. We, we're always doing our work, always getting what we need to get done, done, and then we're we're still watching the game. I mean, even in August, we're trying to win every ball game. So, it, it's I like, you can tell that it's closing in and we're in the race, but also, like, it's business as usual. Uh, you faced the Twins, what, the, the 18th and the 19th of September. Is there an advantage for you uh, facing a team, you know, not, not too far apart from each other? 
Yeah, I think so a little bit. I mean, we we know, but also I would say it also helps them as well. It's uh, just kind of a two-way street there. We I've seen them recently, but they've also seen me. So um, I would say if I had to pick, I'd say it's an advantage for me because I've I've seen them. I know what I did against them last time, and so on. But also, I would would add that they they have also seen me just recently too. Yeah. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah, the, what I've noticed from you from years past, you're throwing harder. Is 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 that something that you've tried to do? And if that's true, how has that helped you? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit. Um, I feel like just being knowing that I'm only going out there for one, two innings max has made made that jump. Um, as a starter, I mean you're you're not you're not easing up by any means, but you also know that you got six or seven innings. And so, I mean, as a starter, I was ninety ninety one. Now out of the bullpen, it's been a little harder than that, and I think that's just just out of the pure concept of you got one inning, go out there and leave it out there. So um, I'd say I'm not purposely like I need to throw harder, but it's just kind of naturally coming. Um, Jordan Romano has emerged as the the closer for this team this season. You know, and we know that in the middle of the season he made that sort of that adjustment in his delivery, he didn't scrunch, scrunch down. Compared, you know, compared to the way he he would he would do it before. A couple of things: as someone who's been a starter and in a bullpen, how hard is it for guys to make a significant adjustment like that in season? And also, what have you seen from Jordan in so far as his progression as a closer is concerned? Yeah, for me, I, to, first first thing I I would say it it, it takes a an open mind and somebody willing to like try it to do it during season. A lot of guys would be like, I'm going to try that in the off season. Like I, I can't make a change like that during season, but if you're willing to and able to, obviously you see what happens. He, he went with it. He's throwing better. And I mean, since I've been here, he's been lights out. So and that can change in, in a hurry. And I, I, I credit that to him. He, um, he's been, he's been our closer. He's been our guy that comes in and shuts the door and every night. And I mean, he, he knows he has electric stuff, and he makes the hitters try to hit it. And as of now, they're not. Now, Jose Barrios gets a start tonight for the Blue Jays. What have you What have you discovered or learned about him in his time here as a teammate? He's a great guy. I mean, he's always in the clubhouse, always talking, always around, and willing to talk. And he's been around the game. He knows how to pitch. He knows... Um, he just he has that experience, and that's good. It's good for our clubhouse. Good, good guy to be around. Has there been any knowing that that Yankee series is coming up? I, I understand you guys are focused on the task at hand, but a lot of people are talking about the Yankees. A lot of people are looking forward to the to, to that series. How how hard is it to focus on you know a team a series against Minnesota? They're a good lineup. They hit a lot, but they're not they're not where they. I think it's safe to say where they want to be in the standings. Has has anybody had to remind anybody that hey, let's forget about the Yankee series coming up. Let's just look at Minnesota. Let's let's attack these guys. Yeah, I think it's hard you, because you want to look at that big series and Yankees. But then, if you look at it as a big picture, I mean, this is a big series as well for us. Especially losing Game One, we need to we need to come take care of business here so we can make that Yankee series a good one. Uh, so. I think I think we're all kind of realizing that and just kind of nailing down because, like you said, Minnesota has a good lineup. They, I mean, a lot of their hitters are the same guys from a couple of years ago, and they they were in the playoffs then. So um, we just got to nail down and win these next three games. 
Trevor, we're going to let you run and get ready for the game tonight. Again, thanks so much. We really do appreciate your, t- uh, your time this close to game time. It means a lot to us. And stay safe. Keep it going and stay healthy. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. Yep, thanks for having me on. Take care. Take care. That's Trevor Richards of the Blue Jays. Man, I'll tell you what, without, you know, we talked about Ross Atkins and some of the issues they had putting that bullpen together at the start of the year, and we've dealt with that ad nauseum. But boy, oh boy, that Richards and Simber, getting Richards and Simber, this team would not be, I'll, I'll just say this, the team wouldn't be in a wild card hunt without those two guys. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's It just gives Charlie options that he can count on. I mean, he didn't have a ton of that, if any. You know, your Jordan Armano was, uh, what, are you, what are you really going to get? Mm-hmm. He's going through all that stuff. Is he capable of going back-to-back days? You, you, even if you use him every other day, what's he going to get? He's using too many sliders. He really doesn't know who, know who he is. And now, all of a sudden, he's taking care of the ninth inning. You got a couple of guys that you can bring in it, it, to, to take care of the, say, the, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth inning. And now you got the ninth inning taken care of, and you've mentioned that they got two different bullpens. They got a bad one, and they got a good one, and they got at least four guys when you got Mesa in that mix that can, you know, get lefties and righties out mm-hmm. where they're not having to worry about matching up. Yeah, and the, it's really odd. And I've, I mean, I, I, I bounced this off Charlie a couple of weekends ago, and I was down at the ballpark. And there's something about the demeanor of Richards and Simber on the mound. Almost, uh, there's almost a calmness that's, you know, a sense that, that nothing, a sense that the situation isn't too big for them. You know, I'm not making them into to more than they are, but you really do get that sense. It's like, there is that really feeling of, I got this now. And there are times obviously where they're not going to have it. Guys are going to get hit, but considering what we were going through earlier in the year, that idea that at least when they're out there, you know that chances are pretty good that the situation isn't going to get out of hand, right? It's not going to get yeah, out of hand yeah, for give, the most give part. Give Charlie and Petey credit to you. That they, they've been good at mixing it up where, where they're yes, not they facing have. the same part of the lineup all the time. You know, you know t- <clears throat> excuse me, Trevor Richards, excuse me, geez, Trevor Richards doesn't have the greatest of stuff like his – you know, his changeup's got a good arm speed on it. The the mile-per-hour difference between that and his fastball's really good. He's started to mix in a few more breaking balls. But, you know, it's not electric stuff where you could face the same part of the lineup all the that time. That extra miles per hour has made – has the extra miles per hour made the changeup better or – yeah, you know, more I think, effective. I think, I think it's. I think it sort of feeds off of each other. You know, you you, you got the extra gear. It's ninety three, ninety four instead of ninety ninety one. That extra two and a half to three miles an hour. That's a big deal. Like you, you know, now all of a sudden your your changeup is what eighty three, eighty four. That's that's almost 10, 10, 11 miles an hour difference instead of seven or eight miles an hour difference. That's a huge deal. And you, he has really good arm speed. He has good location. He has really good sync on the changeup, which is a big deal. And most of the time, his misses are really good. If, if Julia Merriweather teaches you anything, explain your that. Misses okay, with your explain that. Well, explain that. Your misses, uh, misses are good. Yeah, explain yeah. That. It's like it's like Julia Merriweather through the the couple of heaters right by Gordon, right by him. And Danny Jansen wanted that strike-to-ball changeup. Arm speed, have the good sync to it. And he, he, could all, he was almost given the target, like, I want you to start it here, but I want it to end up here. Like that strike-to-ball thing. And that's what I talk about. You'd rather miss because it is a BP heater, basically. You're going from that 97 to 84, 85, or whatever his changeup is. I think that was 83. That's a, a pretty good difference. But if it's up and elevated to a lefty, that's going right into the bat pass. So the misses with Trevor Richards have most 
for the most part, been really good. And some of the other guys who try and throw change-ups late in games either are choking it off or, you know, over-gripping it. You know, some some guys over-grip it, which they'll turn their, their wrist a bit too much and try and really get it to move when it's just no different. You're just changing grip. You're gri- Basically, a change-up is a grip it and rip it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grip it, and I'm going to throw it as hard as I can to duplicate the arm speed. So, you know, it's it's. I feel comfortable when, when Richards comes in the game. I don't know about you, but I'm okay yeah. when when they're they pan out there and he's getting loose. And I'm saying that at least they that must mean they're winning because yeah. he's one of the guys that's coming in. Absolutely, eight ten is the first pitch tonight uh, from Minnesota. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. Santiago Espinal's at third base. The Jays have sent down Kevin Smith. Uh, Thomas Hatch has gone on the IL with that that hamstring. I mean. Wasn't at the start of the year we were talking about Thomas Hatch and how people in the organization were big in him because he was because he was a strike thrower. That's what we were told. A lot of people were people in the organization, you know, liked him. And and I, and I mean, I got I got to tell you this, you know, I, I at the end of the year, whenever the year ends, and we look back at this, yeah. guys like Anthony K. Thomas Hatch, Nate Pearson, not a lot of the pitchers, other than Jordan Romano, not a lot of the pitchers from that AAA group have really taken a step forward this for, year. For me, it's too many non-competitive pitches. Tom, Thomas Hatch was no different last night, and and the quality of his strikes. Once I could throw strikes, you could throw strikes. You can get anybody to throw a strike, but is it a quality strike? Is it that biting sinker that he can throw down and away to a lefty that's on the corner he can repeat that can he do that can he back it up with a change up that's has the mile per hour difference can he throw a slider and back foot it to a lefty and, and throw it down and away to a righty you haven't really seen that you've seen it out of the hand it's a ball and big league hitters are good enough especially this time of the year they ain't thinking about mechanics no more right they, they should be mechanically sound enough to to get in that athletic position to be able to recognize pitch out of the hand and be able to lay off you know, in non-competitive pitching, all the guys you just mentioned, I, I've said this almost till I'm blue in the face, you know, runner on second base, you, you feel comfortable with any of those coming in the game? Absolutely not. At least I don't. Uh, okay, I, I got information that I wanted. Uh, Justin Morneau, of course, one of the the great Canadian players of all time and, a, uh, of course, a, a Sportsnet contributor. He's now a TV analyst with the Twins. He is going into the Twins Hall of Fame tonight, and um, it's tomorrow. I thought it was tonight. It's tomorrow. We're airing it tomorrow at 7 p.m. on the main Sportsnet channel. So it's tomorrow we will air uh, the induction of Justin Morneau into the Twins Hall of Fame. So if yep. you want to, if you want to catch that tomorrow, great, great player, even gra- even better human. Yeah, no, he he is uh, he is is very much a uh, one of the key figures in the Canadian the Canadian baseball family. There you go. Um, and well done to, well done to, uh, to, to Justin Morneau uh, for that honor. We mentioned that the Yankees and, and Red Sox are starting their series tonight, first of three, and it's Nathan Uvalde against Garrett Cole. It's kind of interesting, uh, and it is. It's being treated like a playoff series. Because it is. It, it is a playoff <laughs> series. I, I mean, look, to me, it's very – it's. I, I think this is simple. I think if you're a Jays fan, you want the Red Sox to sweep the. Yankees. You're not. You're not. Yep. You're not catching. Ye- yesterday for me, you know, I said that. Well, by the end of the weekend, they, they might have the first spot in the wild card. They had to win that game yesterday. They had to. They 
they had to win that game to have a chance. Yeah. Now you're a game back. They're not catching the Red Sox. The Red Sox have got an easy schedule. The Red Sox are going to host the wild card game. Yeah. For me right now, you want the Yankees to lose as it's much so, as real possible. Si- real simple for me. If the Yankees have a chance on the road, they got to play better defense and they got to hit homers. Yeah. But I, what I was going to say is that this is a little interesting. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck's been really good for the Red Sox. He is not starting tonight. Kyle Schwarber's starting in his place against Garrett Cole. And a small sample size, but he's two for 14 against Garrett Cole. Uh, mm. And and uh, so, as I said, it's a series you're going to want to watch. Um, and yeah, to me, it's pretty simple. Uh, to me, you want the uh, you want the Yankees you want the Yankees to lose as many games as possible from this point on, and take your shot with the with the Boston Red Sox in that wild card game. That's the way I look at it. There's no point in looking at the team two spots ahead of you. You got to catch the team there one you go. spot. Oh, and by the way, you may want to keep checking the rearview mirror. Because the Seattle Mariners are, yeah, the top, up. top four guys in that lineup it can can stand up against any top you, four in any you lineup. You love uh, Ty, Ty, uh, Ty France. France. You I, I, love I Ty do. France. It's short and quick to the ball. That's what I like. He hit velocity. That that's another thing. I I, I just think it's you know you, you you got some guys there that not a lot of people know that that you just really don't have anything to lose and are fighting for playing time are fighting for you know I don't want to say their life or their job because that's not really what they're doing well, but they've, also, it, don't forget, they've but, also got the general manager that essentially you know traded traded yeah. the closer and we all know that they thought the GM pulled the plug on him and I don't know if that's a bit of a motivating factor here I don't know if that works over the course of a baseball season but it can't hurt I just think they're having quality at bats I think they're playing good enough defense I think the rotation is yeah. Good enough. I think their bullpen, the back, at least the back end of it, is doing their job. And again, it's when you got a team that they don't have anything to lose. They, they, like right now, for me, the pressure is on the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Yeah, it's that's not fair. On, it's not on the Mariners. It's not on the Red Sox. The Red the Red Sox are sort. Of, I don't want to say they're playing with house money because of what they've been going through. But they're just sort of free and easy, letting mm-hmm. it eat. You know, Chris Sale's back. He's starting to do his thing and. And I, I know on those two teams. I know he's not going to get any first place Cy Young votes, but Nathan Uvalde is going to be in a few ballots, down ballot, down ballot uh, Cy Young votes if you want. Nathan Uvalde's got some decent numbers. Like the, you're, you're right, getting Chris Sale back was was uh, was terrific, it was terrific for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, ben Wagner will have the call of the game tonight at eight ten. But he's going to join us next as well. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is not in the lineup tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. Charlie Montoyo telling the media that he is day-to-day, aren't we all? Um, Speak for yourself. Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker, joined now by Ben Wagner. We got some uh, breaking news here that we got to get to. Uh, I don't, I've never seen this before. Mm. Um, the Braves and Padres are supposed to play a suspended rain game tonight in San Diego. It's raining right now at Petco Park. Wow. The tarp is on. How, how often do you think they put the tarp in the field in San Diego? For those of you who don't know, it never rains in California, the song. But it, it honest to God. Rain in San Diego, enough that they've had to put the tarp in the field, is remarkable. It does I, not rain in San Diego. I didn't know the Padres had a tarp. I, mm. Apparently they did. Maybe wow. they, they ran over. So there you go. That 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 in and of itself is 
big news. Not as big as George Springer in center field tonight, I might add. Just see the way I kind of fit that fit that together. It was time, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah. It, it was time for George Springer to get out there. And, and let me ask you this. What if he's not good the next two or three games? Then what do we do? At the plate? Yes. Because uh, the bigger problem is if he can't cover the outfield, uh, then that's a major problem because then you have two reasons <laughs> that George Springer... Uh, if he can't play center, stick him in right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bat has to get going. You, you know, now we're at that 60 at bat mark since he came off, maybe 70 at bats since he came off the injured list. Um, timing is off. You can tell he's frustrated. Hopefully this is the transition that that turns it around. And John Schneider said it last night. I feel like I've been saying it for a week and people that I talked with on the field, they all think it's a timing thing and George just has to get it going. And he's one big swing away from making that happen. Um, hopefully this is now where you can compartmentalize like Kevin has talked about too. You don't want to carry in a bat, sit and mull about it Yeah, on the bench for the extra 15, 20 minutes while you have to watch your teammates out yeah, there. Yeah, I just, I just think the, the continue... Uh, missing fastballs. He missed a 90-91 right down the middle last night. He's missed it, and he's taken them. Yeah. You know, he's taken them at various times, too, and that's that's the concerning part. It's the recognition, and we hear a lot about pitch recognition and uh, pitch selection, those buzzwords. But when when the Blue Jays are up there and this offense is going, nobody misses fastballs right down the middle, but especially George Springer. I mean, he's a guy that's hunting. Yeah, fastballs, mm-hmm. and he understands the strike zone, and that that tells me he's he's out of whack. From what right you've now. heard, is the Lord Escurial Junior injury a big deal? Uh no, no. Uh, the two stitches, the swelling has to subside. He'll be able to swing before he can throw. That's what I've been told, and they they expect that to be just a couple of days. Okay, so a couple of days we could be looking at. He he, he should be back by Yankees. Tuesday. Yankees Tuesday, yeah. the homestand. So yeah. they'll be, all right, so they'll have to get by without him for the rest of the Minnesota series, probably. Right, which is not as dire since you get Springer an opportunity to play right. defensively. So Kirk's bat's in there. Right. Yeah, so the, the lineup gets a little bit deeper, you know, because you have some flexibility. You get Kirk's back in there because he's going to DH tonight. Reese McGuire is going to catch Jose Barrios. Um, you know, and now you can get back into the platoon a little bit with Corey Dickerson in the outfield with him starting and left didn't really want to move Teoscar around too many uh, to, or too much. You know, that's too many moving pieces for the blue Jays. You look, uh, sorry. No, go, I was, you look, I was just going to say you're a little concerned about they're, they're playing some ugly games. If you, if you know, like they're throwing balls away, they're, they're, you know, ah, like, that's, yeah, they're, uh, it's been a couple of recency ah, bias, yeah. man. Maybe we were talking about how good they were in the base pass three days ago. And then I mean, Corey that, Dickerson yeah, well, just makes a mistake and everybody says, oh, they're well, the Blue Jays. They can't play fundamental baseball. Come on. Well, maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, <laughs> I got in my, they got in my grill. Cause I, I just think what, if they don't get good starting pitching, they're not going to win. That's, that's, that's it that's for me. Everything unravels else. when the Blue Jays don't get good starting pitching. You know, you, you, your offense with the Blue Jays has struggled with bad starting pitching. Uh, we know that the games just completely go to a grind when you're trying to get through Julian Merriweather, Taylor Saucedo's, the Kirby Sneeds of the world, and you can't get to the high leverage guys, or those high leverage guys don't have a chance to pitch, and then they're pitching out of their roles. Starting pitching is where it's going to matter. And the Blue Jays, for the bulk of time, 
go back to August 1st when this guy came to the mm-hmm. to the Blue Jays and Jose Barrios, that flipped the script for the Blue Jays in the rotation. It made them deeper. It made them better. Bottom line, uh, Robbie Ray has taken off. Last night, Steven Matz did not look good. Um, you know, maybe that's a regression back to the mean for Steven Matz a little bit. But is it that big of a deal if you're only going to rely on guys to make one or two more starts? Right. Because now it's time to get things lined up. Now it's time to get things moving in the direction where you have very important games to win, but you're also thinking about that next step, which would be a wild card and beyond. Does anything happen or can anything happen in these three games that makes you not start Hyunjin Ryu on Tuesday against the Yankees? Or is that, assuming good health, is that a given? Unless in the next 48 hours... Something happens and Hyunjin Ryu checks himself out of that start. It's my understanding that he starts the opening game against the Yankees on Tuesday. This is a perfect lineup for the Blue Jays, other than not having Lourdes in it. Kirk, Kirk's DHing. That's what everybody wanted. George is playing center. Obviously, you'd like to have Lourdes in there. Other than that. You would like to have Lourdes in there, and I and I don't get hung up with Lourdes in there and all the right-handed bats when this offense is performing. Yep. Um, it's about as close to a perfect lineup as you can have for the Blue Jays because I love the addition of Santiago Espinal so playing third base. Well, I also that makes this lineup for me. The sinker hey. from Barrios is just screaming ground ball, and the other thing it does is now you got that you got that switch hitter on the bench, and you can. I think you you've maximized Bravik Valera's. Yeah, man, man. and and that's Skills kind of man. the untold story of the last two months, right? Because the way that the Blue Jays won have got their lineup a little bit deeper. The bench has gotten a little bit deeper as well, and Gerard Dyson can go in and pinch run. Or if it gets into a late-game situation, you can put Teoscar in left. Mm -hmm. You can have Randall go play right, and Gerard Dyson can be the center fielder. Or however the game dictates in the lineup, too. You know, we've seen almost like a double switch come in as well. So the Blue Jays have gotten better because they've gotten deeper at the same time. And Santiago Espinal is going to make this defense a whole lot better because he's better than Jake Lamb. He's better than Bravik Valera playing on the hot corner. Yeah, and, and I thought that perhaps one of the things that didn't get talked enough talked about enough early in the year, and I think, I, well, actually, I know you you talked about it on, on 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 the broadcast, and Kevin and I have talked about it. I I think the yeah you know, I I would just ask people because I know there's a lot of criticism of Charlie Montoya. Go back and look at some of the benches he's had for, he had for games earlier in the year when he really essentially didn't have a bench. It was Jonathan Davis and one of his catchers. And uh, I, I just think that this, I think everybody's a better manager with more options. I think his bullpen stuck. Period. Well, and yeah, and he but, wasn't getting depth from the starting rotation too, which means they had to carry an extra arm. Maybe. So they had an extra arm. So you yeah, were there was not body much, on, the, on the bench. There was not much he could do in game. And, and I understand that, look, you, you know, Teoscar doesn't matter left or right. I, I'm not necessarily playing left, saying left or righty, but... He didn't have a, a Corey Dickerson. He he you know he didn't have kind of the the Bravic Valera Santiago Espinal. I don't know. I I just I find that Charlie. I find that Charlie's managed a little more in the past five mm-hmm. weeks than he did yeah. earlier in the year because he's got guys that he can put in there and it, do stuff. He he's got better guys to do stuff. Um, you know, and kind of the question mark out there when Kevin Biggio is ready to come back, how in the world? Do you use Kevin Biggio? Um, he's been in AAA. He's been on this rehab assignment. I Maybe. don't think there's any rush right now with the way that this 
no. active roster is constructed to have Cavan factor in either. No, I mean, maybe to me it's moot. If Lourdes can play the outfield, then if he can't play the outfield, then maybe maybe you put Cavan on left depending on what you want to do. But, yeah, I don't. Uh... And George Springer coming back probably takes any pressure off of Cavan returning because Cavan has played center and he's played right field in the last couple of days on this mm. rehab assignment, I noticed, too. So mm. the Blue Jays were very interested to see if and when George Springer got back into the defensive mix here. And for me, this was the four-day window that George had to play defensively. Yeah. yeah. Because you're moving onto the turf. Agreed. Right after that, you're staying with a home, long home stand. And maybe you host, maybe you don't. Can't roll the dice then uh, yeah. with a wild card potential. I Plus, then the next opportunity is probably the. I think the Kevin top. has to show him he can hit a uh, elevated fastball. That, that for me, forget about the defense. He's a great def- defender. Absolutely not. Yeah, you gonna put him in center field with a game that matters? Absolutely not. But you might bring him off the bench if he could hit velocity, drive down and through the ball, not have that big giant uppercut with the bent upper half. That thing might. That's the swing. That's where yeah, the hangup is, right? It is it's right there. A, yeah, I mean he's he's there, okay defensively. There you go. Are are we at the point now, Ben, where it's simply we're cheering for the Red Sox to sweep the Yankees right now? It's all about it's all about getting getting a shot at the Yankees. Forget the Red Sox. Well, yeah, forget the Red Sox. I mean, the Blue Jays didn't help themselves by losing last night. They fall a game back, but I think it works better if the Red Sox win more. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it works better the way that the Red Sox schedule works, and also. The fact that the New York Yankees have to come to Toronto and then they have to host the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. And for me, the Rays aren't going to take the foot off the gas pedal either well, because they're worried about the Houston Astros. They're worried about the Astros and and Kevin Cash loves to kick Aaron Boone's ass. I mean, he just does. You, you can't put it any other way. They they don't like each other. The well, teams don't <laughs> like each other. Those two guys don't like right, each other. Right. And, and in the last two weeks, there might be public enemy number one. And number two for Kevin yeah. Cash. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> ben, we're going to let you scoot. Thanks for you doing this. You guys are the best. Way Thanks. to go. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays, will have the call at 810 tonight on Sportsnet 590. The fan. We'll go back to the text line and wrap it up for another week. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet radio network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590. The fan. All right, welcome back to uh, the Baseball Central. I just want to hear you say meat stick, Wagner, from the, the Jack Links commercial. With, like, the same inflection? Yeah. I mean, exactly you know, like I, was in, I was in, like, a character, you know. Well, let's see it. Well, I know, but I laugh every time I think. <laughs> just say, leave the room, come back in character. No. I don't have to. It's like a switch. Uh, you just oh, flip it. Okay. Just say meat stick. Meat stick. There you go. All right, you can leave. Thanks Thank for le- thanks for playing along. Okay. Thank you. No problem. No, no, no. I just I wanted to hear him say I love uh, I, I love uh, driving home, stuck in traffic. You know, and I'm like doing that to the guy in the car beside me cuz he's cut me off and then Ben says meat stick and all of a sudden everything's like I, back to normal. It's like I find my happy zone. Mm. There's just something about those two words put together that I don't know. Maybe I'm just being infantile. Maybe it's because I'm tired today. 8-10 is the first pitch. The uh, Jays and Twins, Jose Barrios. For the Jays. I'm sorry. You're just looking at me like you're, you're really profoundly disappointed in me, which you shouldn't be. 
810 is first pitch tonight. Jays and Twins. Santiago Espinal. We saw him taking ground balls at third base. He will be at third base yes. tonight. Corey Dickerson's in left. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, just talking to Ben Wagner. The suggestion from Charlie Montoyo is uh, that he's a couple of days. Well, they listed him as day to day, but he's a couple of days away from. Let's just say that he, if best case scenario is he's back in the lineup Tuesday against the Yankees yeah. in left field. Sounds like it. Uh, Doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, which is a good thing. Because I have to tell you, when I saw that injury last night, my first reaction was broken, like broken bone in the hand. And I know yours were. You told me right away when we, you fig, you knew right away what had happened. But my first reaction was he stepped yeah. on the 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 big the palm of his hand, the big part of his hand, and mm-hmm. that it was. That's not the case. So, uh, yeah, but he's not. He is not uh, playing. He's not playing tonight for the Blue Jays. 590-590 is a text line. Uh, oh, here we go. Tony in Toronto. I, I just want to throw this out, Tony, because Tony has been a constant texter, and he's 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 still got some concerns about the Jays, the the lack of leadership. And the reason I'm mentioning that is, you know, I just I I, I want to keep reminding people that it's been my experience that even when we think we know about what's going on with the team because of what we think we see when we're looking at it on TV, it's, it's, yeah. it's not always the case. I, I don't, I just, I mean, I kind of sniffed around about, I don't think there's any issues in this clubhouse that are anything like that. Or yeah, I th- leadership for, for me this time of the year, I think the leadership is performance driven. Yeah. If you're performing, you're a, you're a leader. Yeah, I think, and, and yeah, the is. flip side of that is if things Look, if things start to suck and you fall out of a out of a postseason race, yeah, that's not good. No one likes that, guys. No. Are, if this team goes into that Baltimore series and doesn't have a shot at the postseason, that's going to be some. You're going to be some really grumpy baseball players at yeah. that point. You know, because there's, I, I can't imagine that there's anything worse than playing 157 games. 150 or 158 of 100 at 162 and just seeing it, it, it you know, the season becomes. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think they have a good enough lineup. I, I think their rotation is good enough. It's set up the way it's supposed to be set up besides Tuesday. It's, I, yeah, everything's right in front of them. Just, you know, don't have some, don't have a couple of clunkers in a row. Continue to have some good at bats, catch the balls you're supposed to catch, run the bases the way you're supposed to run the bases. Throw strikes and be efficient with two strikes, and they'll be okay. I want to mention again a reminder that the provincial government today okayed the increase in capacity at the Rogers Center to 30,000. That means there are, of course, more tickets available for that three-game series against the Yankees starting Tuesday. Then the Baltimore Orioles are in town. Blue Jays fans, we need you more than ever. We want you to get Toronto loud. Rogers Center has increased its capacity. Tickets are now as low as $15, you can go to bluejays.com slash tickets today to get your tickets for those games. The seating is now open in the in the 500 level, I believe, as a result of this announcement. And, uh, boy, it'd be great. It'd be great if those games against the Yankees, it'd be great to have 30,000 people in here. You know, something to keep in mind, it, it's, uh, you got to remember, George Springer, Marcus Semien, 
They've never been Blue Jays in front of a crowd of 30,000 at the Rogers. Yeah, so when we have conversation with Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, they say the same thing. Just want meaningful baseball with fans in the stands in September. Yeah. And that's what they're getting. Yeah. And uh, it's... It's no, a thing. It, it is a thing. It is. It really is a thing. It it really is a thing. The uh, Just to uh, get you caught up date again, the uh, Jays are a game out of the second wild card spot. The Yankees and Red Sox are starting a three-game series. They're going to get underway in a few minutes at Fenway Park. Nathan Uvalde against Garrett Cole. And uh, the Red Sox could Red Sox can pretty much clinch the wild card spot with a sweep sweep it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to stop them their their schedule is pretty pretty favorable and as ben wagner pointed out in our last segment you know the yankees man yankees got boston toronto and tampa bay and yeah they got a little all or nothing in their lineup which is a big deal runners in scoring position they're like 29th in baseball runners in scoring position very strange yeah it's a it's an odd season for the yankees their lineup when it matters Joey, I, look, I, I thought I, I'm surprised because I, I, I thought Ant, when they made the deal for Anthony Rizzo that it was, uh, to me, the two significant, two of them, the significant deals at the deadline. Obviously, Scherz are going to the Dodgers, but I thought Barrios coming here and Rizzo going to the Yankees. I just thought yeah. Bar- Barrios was exactly, uh, or, or uh, Rizzo was exactly what the Yankees needed. Yeah, and every, a lot of the times when I watch the Yankees too, they got a lot of guys playing out of position. DJ LeMahieu playing third. He's not a third baseman. He's a second baseman. Anthony Rizzo's not playing a couple of times when I was watching. Luke Voigt was playing first. Hey, you got a platinum gold glover? You play him. I, defense this time of the year is a big deal. Yeah, every every single play you have to make, you know, when you should make them, you got to make them. And just it's it's a little bit the way they play defense, the way they've hit when it matters, the way they rely on the home run. You could almost say it's a miracle that they're still in it, but they are. Uh, all right, George Springer, leading off tonight, playing center field, something we've all we've been saying we've 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 wanted to see. Uh, what are you going to be looking for, in George Springer's at bats tonight? Because the you 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 and other people have said, hey, the playing in the outfield might free him up a little bit. I, you know, get the, just, get the blood flowing. What what do we we who have not played the game? I'm sitting down tonight. Ben's going to be talking yeah. about meat stick. I'm going to sit down tonight and, and and uh, yeah, you're number one too, Wagner. I'm going to be sitting down tonight watching the game. What do I got to look for with George Springer? I just know, speaking from experience, when I played, when I played in the Mexican League, I, I DH'd a lot. And every once in a while, I like to play first because I struggled a little. I was getting a little older. Bat was getting slower. I wasn't getting any hands, hits. Every once in a while, I wanted to play first. Took my mind off that. i just speaking from experience. And you've noticed his at-bats, he gets real frustrated. He's putting on a front over there by laughing and jumping around and happy his bank account's so big, but he wants to he wants to help. He wants to wear the jacket. And I just think being being in center field running around. Now, what to look for? Production. I, I can't spin this any other way. It's for me not mechanical anymore with, with a guy that should know his mechanics, should know what it takes to to get the barrel out in front of the plate, should know what it takes to to not swing at what he's not wanting to swing at. It's not about that. It's about, you know, if he's healthy enough to play center, he's healthy enough to have quality at bats to plate. 
Let's let that that for me is the one thing you you forget about all the critiquing. Ooh, he's not getting his foot down on time, or he's not starting soon enough, or his bat's got a little uppercut in it, or it's he's very rotational, which he is a little. But it's about at this point, it's about results. It really is. He can't go zero for five too many more times. Ryan Barucki, by the way, has had his suspension uh, dropped by a game. It's now two games instead of three. That. That is usually what happens when a player appeals a multi-game suspension. The, the, I mean, it's it's an odd, it's an odd situation because the commissioner's office that you appeal and the commission, the commissioner's office can say no, no, three games is three games. Generally, though, if you appeal, they slice the game off. Yeah. So Ryan Barucki, see, they agree with me for the two games. Dust him. <laughs> Commissioner's office has come out and they are in favor of Dusting. throwing at guys who steal your card. By the way, that there was kind of a humorous moment last night when Guriel was coming off the field. Did you see that? And his card fell out of his back pocket uh, when he was coming off the field and picked it up and gave it to uh and gave it mm. gave it to Corey Dickerson. Uh I just thought it was I thought it was a little I thought it was last night was funny. I just thought it was a little humor. Oh. I just thought it was a little humorous. Uh, so we're on board with the Yankees and Red Sox, right? Got to cheer for the Yeah, Red I don't Sox think it's going to happen. I don't think the Red Sox are going to sweep the Yankees this time of the year. I just think it's too hard. Maybe Garrett Cole wins tonight. That that would be my guess. I, I do think the Red Sox are, are have a lot of momentum. You know, look, look at the jerseys they're wearing. There's a reason why they're wearing that. It gives a little mojo. Like they, they, think, yellow jerseys, they those... think they can beat everybody. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's, yeah. They think it works. They think it gives them an advantage. That's why they're wearing it. Who cares what we think? Yeah. So I do, I do think Garrett Cole's going to, he's not going to have a couple stinkers in a row. He'll pitch good tonight. I think the Yankees probably win tonight. But then the Red Sox will probably win the next two. That's my guess. Uh, and I think also... the Blue Jays win the next three. We also want to throw out, by the way, that the St. Louis Cardinals won their 13th in a row, and uh, Canadian uh, Tyler O'Neill hit the 30 home run yeah. mark. The home run, if you're interested, uh, measured 454 feet. Nice. Windblown. At Wrigley uh, Field. Yeah. <laughs> it would have. The, the window the only would have been 444 it's like, feet. It's always the, the, the 30th is the hardest to hit. The 40th is the hardest to hit. Explain that to me. The 50th is the hardest to hit. I've had other people tell me that, you know, say, is there a significance to hitting 30 home runs? And guys yeah. go, well, it's better than 29. And I, I, I just kind of look at I've it. I've had 39 doubles with like two weeks left, and, and it's not the same as 40 doubles. I didn't hit my 40th. I complained about that the whole offseason. I've had 29 homers. I've had 28 homers. I had 28 homers in the minor leagues and tried for like two and a half weeks to hit two more homers and couldn't do it because nobody wants to have 28. I had 29 one year. I tried for like over a week to hit my – I was trying. Crowding the plate, guessing curveball, trying to backspin things, and that that's why it's hard. Is because nobody wants to hit 29. It's not the same. It's like hitting 299. Yeah, nobody wants. To nobody hit, wants to hit two ninety. Nobody wants to hit two ninety. Absolutely it just not. Does not. It does not. Feel doesn't roll the off the tongue in the right way. Nope. Doesn't. We talked to Josh Donaldson about Jose Barrios as a teammate and about facing him in consecutive starts back to back. The last time Barrios faced the Jays, he got the win. Six and two thirds innings, four hits, three runs, uh, six strikeouts, one walk. 
we've seen Jose Barrios now for what? How many starts will this be? This will be his 11th start for the Blue Jays. Right. This will be his 11th start for the Blue Jays. Um, what do we know about Jose Barrios? And, 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 and what do we, again, I'm going to ask this, but what are we looking for from him tonight? Well, he's got a spinner that I think looks like a curveball. He calls it a slider, so we'll call it a slider. He's got a good one. And when he's good, it's good. He's got two different ones. He can flip it in there for strike one. And he's got that big sweeping one that he can start behind the righty. And it ends up like on the, on the outside corner, you know, almost in the left-handed batter's box. So he's got that in his back pocket. And when he, for me, when he's got command and he can use quadrants with the, with the four seamer and the sinker, I don't want to say he's almost unhittable, but he, he's going to give you a really good outing and, and, and a really good chance to win games. And for me, that, that's, that's sort of the most important thing. It might be because I, I really do think that either the changeup sometimes and or his slider gets him a good finish that allows him to throw his sinker and his four-seamer where he wants to. So I think he's a little backwards for me. He's made the adjustments. We talked about that, the, all the mechanical adjustments. He's quieting it down, and he can repeat it and get it out of the glove all the same time and not tip pitches and all those things we've talked about before. But for me, when I watch him, when he's spinning it and the changeup's coming out right and he's got the finish to his pitches – that tends to get the sinker and the four-seamer to go where he wants yeah, to so go. The old story, right? Those the, the Pedro Martinez used to talk about throwing a curve sometimes just to correct things. It was almost like a yeah. it was almost like a, a tweak he could make, and then the fa- it could, because of the way he had to reach, the way he had to deliver it made the, the fastball just felt better. He's got a little Ray turn in his delivery, like he wants to turn the back and the pocket to the hitter to add the, the little deception. So to get the finish with that, I th- I just think he thinks when he's flipping it because he's got you know he's got a sidearm angle. It's not over the top. It's not submarine. It's sidearm. So to do that and get the delivery and the finish the way he wants to, I think he uses the curveball and the changeup to do it. And for me, that's that's probably what I'll be looking for. So let's do a little bit of a reset here. The Jays are a game out of the second wild card spot currently held by the Yankees. The Yankees and Red Sox are starting a three game series tonight. Uh, the Jays losing last night. They're still 16-6 in September. That's tied with the St. Louis Cardinals for the best win percentage this month. Tonight's game is an 8-10 first pitch. Tomorrow is 7-10. Sunday is 2 o'clock. Tomorrow will be Robbie Ray against TBA. Alec Manoa against Griffin Jacks on Sunday. The Jays then have Monday off. And they will start a three-game series against the Yankees at the Rogers Center. On Tuesday, a reminder, the provincial government has okayed the doubling of capacity at the Rogers Center, so the Jays will be able to sell 30,000 seats for the remaining six games of this season. And uh, you can go to the Blue Jays' website to uh, get tickets. They're as low as $15. You can go to bluejays.com backslash tickets to... uh, if you want to come and 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 see some of these final six games, and as I said, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It was interesting seeing fifteen thousand back in the ballpark after going through the pandemic. Not that it's over, but after going through lockdown, mm-hmm. thirty thousand is going to seem it's going to seem like something else, and uh, should be well. It'll be a home field advantage. It'll be it. I was thank you. Yeah, it'll be a home field advantage for a team that has spent 
Two years. Two years, not really having much of a of a home field advantage. So, and they started to get it back when the players came, when the Jays came back to Toronto. Uh, it's going to be something for guys like Simeon and Springer to to see see yep. crowds of thirty thousand in a Blue Jays uniform, and uh, you know, and and same for Robbie Ray. And don't know if Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon are going to be back next year. So it could be a uh, yeah, it could be a cool time to get out there and cheer on the Blue Jays. Ben Wagner will have the call of tonight's game. It'll be an eight ten first pitch. George Springer is in the lineup. He is in center field. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is not in the lineup. He may not be back in the lineup until Tuesday when the Yankees come to town. Santiago Espinal has been called up. He's at third base. Alejandro Kirk is DHing. Reese McGuire behind the plate. Corey Dickerson in left. Everything else is as you would expect it to be. So for all of us here at Baseball Central, we will be back on Monday. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the weekend. And thanks for listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network.